0: To the Roma
1: press podcast with John Solano Hello everybody. welcome back to another edition of the Roma Press podcast. I hope you are all doing very very well. Uh, this is an extremely long episode. I believe when I'm done editing it, it should be just about uh, about an hour and 10 minutes give or take, maybe a little less. but very long episode because Andy and I discussed our top five flops of the American era at Roma. So it made for some interesting debates, some interesting talking points. I think a lot of you who sent me on Twitter your list of your top five flops, it really helped me sort of uh, because I I had a list about 10 to 15. So when I saw your input, it actually helped me narrow down my list because, frankly, I I thought there were just so many that could have been mentioned it was really hard to narrow it down so thank you everyone who participated on twitter and sending me your list so we wanted to take a bit of a break from the normal transfer market news the rumors the press conferences we get to that towards the end with i would say right around the 45 minute mark give or take that's where we discuss sort of the latest news but up until then andy and i we discuss each of our top five flops of uh the Palotta era at roma so before i bring andy on have to mention our latest patron at patreon greg who you can find on instagram at g s t e i f again Greg, you can find on Instagram at G-S-T-E-I-F. Greg, thank you so, so much for your support. If you would like to join Greg and get early access to the podcast, extra episodes of the podcast, you can go to the support tab at the top of romapress.net or go to patreon.com romapress. So without any further ado, let me bring Andy on, Andy on as he and I discuss the hotly contested top five flops of the American era at Roma. So here is Andy now. All right, Andy is back with me now. So Andy, we put out a plea to everybody to send us their list of their top five flops of the American era for Roma. Now, we'll get to the latest news in a little bit, but I wanted to get to this first because everybody seems to have uh, been rehashing some bad memories of some of the just terrible operations that Roma have made on the market. So what I wanted to do is you and I, we'll do this like we're picking uh, a, five of, a five-a-side team. You'll, you'll pick a five aside team I'll a player, I'll pick a player. I don't want us to choose the same ones just yep, because makes it sense. makes sure. it funner this way. Yeah. Um, so let's start. Let's start with our, our five flops uh, over the past decade or so at Roma. So since I'm the elder statesman, I will let you go first.
0: Thank you. Um, I will start with a, a very new acquisition, uh, which unfortunately is already in the books, in my opinion, as one of the major flops. It's Olsen. It's Olsen, and it's Olsen because uh, you know a lot of people. When I saw the the lists people were making, they were looking at different aspects. When it comes to Olsen, I look at what his duty was, and his duty was to replace Allison. And we knew this was going to be probably the hardest thing for a goalkeeper to do, but Olsen uh, just fell flat. And, and short of any sort of expectations um, and just couldn't win that uh, role. He couldn't win over the crowd, uh, couldn't secure a position uh, against a, a goalkeeper like Mirante, who's not a phenomenon. So my number five uh, on, on the list is Olsen.
1: Now, everybody was, as I said, a lot of people were sending us our lists. And the one thing I found interesting, and I'd be curious to hear your opinion on this, how much does price play into into, into your factoring? Because for me, it's one of the most important. Like I saw people putting uh, Michel Bastos on the list. And I'm like, okay, well, he arrived on a short loan, more or less free. I mean, for me, I think it matters a lot, but maybe it doesn't for you. Are you strictly performance-based? doesn't matter how much they arrive
0: well, for. Well, listen, I mean, I saw somebody put Grenier's name on that. Um, Grenier, you know, I don't – for, for example, that's a name that I don't look at because uh, the guy was brought in basically as uh, a stand-in, uh, no expectations. It was actually a surprise signing. I remember when the pictures of him at the airport came out. Nobody had any idea of him arriving at Roma um, and that was for example a signing that just wasn't meant to have any sort of impact at Roma same with the uh, I don't know off the top of my head I can say Jonathan Silva last year very very similar signing appeared what in two games one for a full 90 minutes the other one for 20 minutes I think that was it that was his Roma career so I don't look at that. I think I look at expectations. You know, I look at uh, how how popular the signing it is. How what is the competition for that signing? Um, but as you said, I mean, Bastos, even the likes of spolly You know, how can anyone uh, describe spolly as a flop if spolly's role wasn't gonna be substantial ever?
1: With that in mind, my number five. The man, the myth, the legend, Victor (laughs) Ibarbo. Wow. I remember when he and Dumbia arrived in that winter window uh, when Roma were really struggling. 2014, 2015 season. uh, I, I thought him and Dumbia arriving were just two massive, massive purchases. And I thought, oh my gosh. Roma are going to get out of their slump. They're going to challenge Juve in the spring for the Scudetto. Wow. Uh, I don't think it could have gone worse for him. I looked at the numbers, so I took these from Roma's official website. So Roma paid 2.5 million euros for the loan. They had the option to buy for 12.5 million, which they exercised. He made 13 appearances, zero goals, one assist, and he also played every single match. I think with that stupid popped collar that made me want to smack his bald <laughs> yeah. head every single time I saw him took the pitch. He, for me, when you think of the word flop, I mean, Ibarbo's picture should, you know, Ibarbo's face with the bald head uh, should be taking place of the o in the word flop i mean he's a flop i thought he was terrible
0: yeah he was a flop but let's remember that one assist when it came from and who was in the on the receiving end of yes that it,
1: the receiver of that assist i i'm sure one of us will pick him <laughs> so i'll let you go next
0: um next next i will definitely say bruno perez Bruno Perez, ah, uh, without question, one. I know you're a big fan of his. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, a huge fan, long time. Bruno, you know, it's that—that that is, to me, you said Ibarbo is a flop. To me, Bruno Perez is a, an even bigger flop because with Bruno Perez, the expectations were through the roof. You had a, a, a fullback that was not afraid to go forward. Everybody, when you thought of... Bruno Perez, you immediately thought of his coast-to-coast goal against Juventus, right? That uh, you, you, you thought of the Bruno Perez that, um, mind you, Giampiero uh, Ventura uh, 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 helped shape into one of the apparently best fullbacks in Serie A. He came here, was, you know, massive publicity, and everybody seemed to be happy about Bruno Perez. And he showed up. And he showed out, made no impact, actually made a a lot of negative, left a lot of negative memories, perhaps, except for the saving touch against Shakhtar Donetsk. Um, But aside from that, that was, this was a huge disappointment, did not deliver under Spalletti, did not deliver under uh, Di Francesco actually made the, the 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 Florenzi look decent as a fullback which is uh, something that I don't know I, I don't think many people uh, can say about uh, other fullbacks it's yeah. to me that was and he could not contribute neither defensively nor offensively I don't even care about I don't I don't even want to go see his figures uh, what the figures were I, I, I may be wrong but I think he got what two goals with, with our shirt um not sure about the assists, but it, it you know, it, it just, it just did. He did not deliver. And I think people right now see him as a meme, but the guy when we signed him was <laughs> considered one of the very best in the league. Yeah. It, oh. I mean, I remember all your tweets about him. I remember how you were just going berserk <laughs> game in, game out. About Honestly,
1: him. I that, that, close to coast goal that he had against Juventus was the worst thing that could have ever happened to him the worst yes yes I agree with you that that was it was a blessing yet a curse because after that goal everybody destined him as the next insert historic player I was so excited because I honestly thought in Spalletti I thought he would be absolutely
0: incredible. I mean, didn't everybody? Remember, one of the worst games of recent years of him is the one against Atletico Madrid when, thank God, you know, we had, we basically had it wrapped up in the Champions League group. And so that wasn't. That was a game you could afford to lose, but nonetheless, I mean, he got he 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 got a red card in that game, got blasted by his uh, uh, national team teammate uh, Felipe Luis, got completely destroyed every single time, and then just went off with a red card, I think, at the 60th minute. So it was just embarrassing, an embarrassing player.
1: Well, we'll go from that Brazilian to another one, one who left this summer. Uh, I mean, for me, we we have to mention uh, the guy who wore the 10 shirt, even though they had the picture of him holding it in the darkest room imaginable, and you couldn't see him. Uh, (laughs) uh, Gerson, Roma, when you factor in bonuses, they ended up paying 21
0: million euros for this guy. Um, Astonishing and th- and this was and this was before Neymar so 21 got you a lot you know th- th- this wasn't the 21 now that you know you can get Sturado for that th- that was 21 uh, 3 years ago when 21 got you something special
1: i mean they paid a base price of 16 million euros uh, as you said this was when uh, this was before the market blew up with, with Neymar, and we know who followed after that. Sixty million euros uh, a few years ago should have gotten you, especially in the Serie yeah, A, um, should have gotten you a really, really good player. He had 42 appearances, two goals, one assist, and we both know that those goals came in the same match against Fiorentina. Very beautiful goals, actually. I thought after he scored those, I thought he actually might have had, had a, a future aroma on the wing. But, wow, it just wasn't meant to be. Does everybody remember <laughs> when Spalletti threw him in against Juve away when he first arrived? I Jesus. mean, yep, remember when yep. that happened? I mean, we yes. were all absolutely yep. stunned uh, when Spalletti threw him into the uh, starting formation. And it went just about as bad as you would imagine. Because uh, if you remember, he, he substituted him off at halftime. Dreadful. Absolutely dreadful. Now...
0: I don't want to to bury him too much. Uh, I mean, he arrived at a young age, and also that was a bad move uh, by Spalletti. That was a terrible. Oh move. yeah,
1: yeah, abs- absolutely, absolutely. It was almost like he was trying to prove a point uh, to say, you know, hey, we we don't have the right, you know, the right people here. So I don't want to bury him too much, just because I I do think his story has yet to be fully written. I think he will come back to Europe at some point. He just needed to leave Roma at all costs, so for me uh Cersun has to be in the list absolutely has to be
0: well oh uh, my you know i have I have trouble with this because there's just this endless list you know uh i i think i I think it would have to go to the Turkish wonder kid uh Salih Ukan, oh because yes. because again I factor in expectations the popularity i mean. This kid was getting all sorts of positive reviews. It it, it was supposed to be the next move, the next... He was labeled as the face of the new generation of Turkish players. Uh, Came here, had no impact. Uh, I think he stayed, what, two years with Roma? And it -hmm. seemed like nothing happened with him and and now what now he went to recently he played at Empoli um before that he played in Turkey they didn't want him there so again false bad publicity uh, overhype and the end product was just miserable
1: yeah I mean I I don't want to rehash some of the things that he did. I mean, there's stories out there. Uh, not good. It was a case of another youngster coming far too early. Uh, he reminded me a bit of uh, Tin Yedvi, who also had <laughs> oh, similar uh, nightlife issues, I'll, I'll call it. But it wasn't good. It wasn't good at all. Before I make my next pick, I want to do a timeout real quick. Because there's a name that is – so a lot of people tweeted us our list or their list for their biggest flops. Um, and I, I have to say, so Benjamin Chimacho, he put Destro as number one. And I have to tell you, I am absolutely shocked at the number of people who are putting in Destro in their list. I I, I don't know if you could really consider him a flop because he had that one sensational season – he had the injury problems afterwards where he turned into a meme because of how fat he got. I have to tell you, uh, I'm going through four or five different lists here, and there he is, Destro, Destro. I mean, is he a guy that you would consider a flop? Mm.
0: Yeah, no, I, I I agree with you. And, uh, you know, Destro had that one season where it seemed like he was the wonder kid. and And, you know, by, I mean, he was proving to us that he had something special going on for him. Um, not his fault that later on the injury issues happen, and, and then, you know, and then it was over because he just built this terrible image of himself in the, the face of the fan base. Um, it is well known that he is not respected at all uh, around Trigoria, uh, not well liked by, by his ex-teammates. Um, so it's... It's a it's a tough pick. I would never put him uh, as number one because, as you said, he he had something going on for him, and it, it, you know it's um, unfortunate that who knows who knows if not for the injuries, right? But but the, the player he became afterwards that that was definitely a flaw. But uh, the the player I saw for that one season uh, had all the makings of. Uh, uh, of some of of something special of, of a kid that really was talented and I remember you know his uh, the way he worked with Totti and the whole that whole team uh, during that year it it, it it was something special and I like to to see it and if you look at his statistics they're not bad at all for um, for how long he he was at Roma for how many times he appeared with the Roma shirt so. Um, I could consider him as a sub in my flop list, but definitely not number one.
1: Production matters. We, we could talk about the longevity of the production being an issue and considering him a flop. But man, that one season, and we, and we have to remember that one season where he scored all those goals. I mean, he missed the first few months. I distinctly remember the match he came back against Fiorentina. He had that tap and goal where the movement he made off the ball to get the goal was sensational. I was shocked when he was sold to Bologna. I thought he was going to blow up there because I thought he was perfect for the way they played. But my gosh, um, I mean, you could certainly say he was a flop at Bologna, but at Roma, I, I, I would not consider him a flop at all. Since we're making goalkeepers a bit of a theme here, oh, Martin Stecklenburg. Where do we begin with him? Listen, when, when Roma bought him, I was so hyped because <laughs> I thought, finally, you know, after the years of... All these goalkeepers coming in and out of Roma, who Roma were getting for very cheap or they were getting for free. Finally, Roma are spending big on a top-notch stopper. This is going to be great. They have their goalkeeper for the next five, six, seven years. He performed very well in the 2010 World Cup. They got him for 6.3 million euros plus one and a half in bonus. I thought, not bad. Good piece of business. Here we go. Yikes. 55 appearances, 78 goals conceded, 14 clean sheets, and zero words of Italian spoken.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: This guy was an absolute train wreck. He he was okay in the first season under uh, Luis Enrique, but the following season, he was so bad that Zeman went out and – He's not going to make my list because Roma didn't pay a lot for him. But it let his performances were so bad it led to Roma going out to purchase one Moro Goicochea, who Yay. if you just if you YouTube his match against Cagliari <laughs> uh. where where he could seize a goal on the corner kick that he has two hands on and then it somehow slips between them and goes into the back of the net. I mean, if
0: you are... I recommend to anybody the, the commentary by Carlo Zampa at that goal.
1: Yeah. Yes. Oh, yes, absolutely. That's a good one. I mean, if your performances are that bad that you are unseated by Mauro Goicochea, uh, I'm sorry, you absolutely, unequivocally, 100% belong on my list.
0: And, and you know, the, the funny thing is that I don't even think he wants to... I don't even think he acknowledges that chapter in his career. It seems like it seems like you know because all these ex-Roma players they often talk and sometimes Roma comes up. I've never after he left. It, it seemed like this this whole experience at Roma never happened for him. Went to the Premier League stayed average but it's so weird because i remember when he came on and it seemed like you know wow this foreign goalkeeper a lot of money big investment uh big prospect but a proven prospect um on a big stage uh and 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 then it just did not pan out it it did not pan out and uh, to me that's uh that was it, it's not it's not a chapter of roma that i want to remember those days with those two goalkeepers um the, the i think uh, we have to give a nod to zeman for having the brilliant instinct of going after goicochea <laughs> <laughs> those were those were painful days
1: very painful but i i have to tell you when when roma initially bought him i was so hyped because i mean uh, who were the goalkeepers in the previous seasons? Uh, Donny, uh, Giulio Sergio, uh, just guys that didn't really offer anything. Donny had some of his best performances, but do you? I mean, does anybody remember his later years at Roma? He was horrible, absolutely horrible. Yeah,
0: yeah. It seemed like you know Roma had. It's weird because we really had a couple of goalkeepers, especially in the first era of Spalletti. Um, you know, who, who had uh, bursts or, 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 or short periods of brilliance, of absolute brilliance. I mean, as you said, Donny had moments where he looked like Superman, but, but then we never had a goalkeeper that was game in and out 100% reliable. And that's why, you know, I said that of Olsen earlier, that's why Olsen to me was such a big flop is that, uh, we had gotten used to two really two goalkeepers like like Chesney and alisson but m- most importantly alisson who were just absolute stoppers came in and out and especially alisson who was just this phenomenal beast uh and and you know did not get demoralized you know he could see the ball going into the back of the net three or four times he would still be absolutely perfect the next game and 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 that at Roma we are just not accustomed to it and as you see look at the history I mean Stecklenburg, uh, Goicocea, Olsen, uh, Donny, all everybody before that we never had uh, someone reliable and consistent and I think that's why these goalkeepers are such flops in our lists.
1: Okay who's who's your next
0: one? Well, my, my next one is also a rather recent one, but it and it's not a big investment because, again, it was on loan. So I think Roma paid like what, like three mil uh, or something like that. Um, it was uh, Thomas Verman uh, Oh, because good call. He,
1: yeah, he was bad.
0: Because of the name, again, because of the name, because he was brought in not to be uh, because if someone goes now back to that season watches you know his statistics he would figure that Thomas Vermalen came in to be uh, a third string bench player you know somebody that would come in in emergency situations uh no Thomas Vermalen came in here when uh, Anthony Rudiger went down uh with a, with a, with a bad injury he was out for months and we had no center back. And, and so we had the brilliant idea of going after Thomas Vermaelen, who at Arsenal excelled and was just dominant and a captain and whatever you want to call him. He was just a great leader. Um then injuries happened, yes, but we still counted on him to come in here and show what he's worth, right? Because he he was at Barcelona, he was unhappy, didn't have a, a, a prominent role at, there, so he was brought in to be a protagonist while Rüdiger was out. And remember the first game? R- remember what hey, happened against, against Porto. Porto? Jesus, yes. that was if if that is not one of the worst displays of. Uh, organization, of, of team mentality, of everything. It was just terrible. And he did everything that he didn't need to do. Uh, got got sent off. And after that, remember what happened? Fazio was brought in. Fazio was, became the, the regular starter. And Vermalen, yes, through injuries, but also the times he played for us, was not reliable. He would always get embarrassed and exposed.
1: Awful, absolutely awful. Just reading through some of the other ones that that people have sent us. Lobi says Monchi. Okay, good one. Number one, Itorbin. Number two, Dumbia. Three, Michael Bradley. Four, Bruno Perez, Five, Michael Bradley. That's an interesting one. Let's um, talk.
0: Let's let's talk about that, John. I'm eager to to hear your opinion. Yeah.
1: Listen. So anyone who follows me on Twitter knows that. I, so listen, I, I I only do this because I live part-time in the United States. I don't watch, uh, what's it called, MLS or the MLS. I don't watch it when I'm here. You can count on one hand the number of minutes I've watched of any uh, American player. I, I, I couldn't tell you anything about them, but... Every so often, I'll I'll have some fun on Twitter, and I'll Twitter search Michael Bradley Roma, yeah. and some of the some of the things that Americans say um, that Americans say about Michael Bradley is just so hilarious, uh, because they you know oh Michael Bradley well he played at Roma he uh, <laughs> he was sensational at Roma uh, they called him uh, the commander uh, he was he he he, he uh, benched Daniela Rossi. He was (laughs) incredible. And I'm just like, what the hell? I mean, are we in an alternate universe? So I'll have some fun with it and I'll retweet some of these tweets that are very old, by the way. But I, I just like to do it to have fun because people are actually under the impression that Michael Bradley at Roma was good. Michael Bradley at Roma had one single defining moment. And everybody knows it. It was 2013, 2014 season. I remember the day because I was there in Udine when Roma were down to 10 men. They had that very long winning streak to start the season, right? Remember with uh, Rudy Garcia? It was special. Yes. uh, We have Mr. Steroids himself. Uh, Douglas Maicon is sent off for a second yellow card. Uh, Michael Bradley is brought on and... He saves this this winning streak that Roma have, and I, I believe he extended it to nine games because I believe it was the following week where Borriello had that header against Kievo. I, I could be wrong. But anyway, uh, Michael Bradley scores a goal against Udinese. Roma with 10 men win uh, a crucial, crucial match in Udine. That was his only moment. I couldn't tell you any other thing that he did in the Roma shirt. Oh my gosh, he benched Daniele Drossi. That was Zeman giving Derossi the middle finger. I mean, Taxidis was starting in the midfield that season as well. And do we remember how terrible wow. he was? Roma's midfield that entire season was awful. I mean, don't you remember Zeman? He also benched Pjanic. Everything in 2012, 2013 is just a blur to me. It was terrible. We all know how it ended. For me, the only happy moment in that entire season, I don't know if anybody will remember, but Nico Berdiso had the headed goal against Milan. And his celebration where he kisses the badge was the only for me, Ah, the only moment with anything that entire year. But uh, uh, Michael Bradley, no, um, terrible at Roma. I, I can't believe this is even a debate. One other name I want to bring up because people shockingly have him a number of times in the list. I mean, I'm just going through the names. Jesus, this is crazy to me. Ashley Cole, I brought him up earlier, but... Yeah, he was bad, but Roma brought him in on a free transfer. Wasn't he out of the team by, like, December? I mean, yeah, he was terrible, but...
0: Yeah, I mean, he, he and also, you know, like, uh, I mean, when when he was brought in, I didn't really have any expectations. Yeah, neither uh, did I. Knew, everybody knew that Ashley Cole was absolutely positively finished. Right. Uh, and I don't even think... Like, that's another example of a player who I don't even think acknowledges that he was at Roma like <laughs> I, I don't even think that that is a part of his resume it, it seems like i mean it, we all remember the, the 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 iconic photo of the team uh, on the tour on the summer tour <laughs> and <laughs> Ashley Cole stands is leaning um, in
1: like a weirdo just
0: just leaning in like a foot away from everybody else just to complete. It, it, you know it, it seemed like that was a, a move that of someone who just didn't buy into whatever it was and uh, i mean soon enough he was off to mls i think to become captain uh, over there but but at roma that's a, another example of non factor that was it, it was he was brought in to be just an extra body i think
1: yeah I, I yeah i mean i had no expectations for him when he i mean when he arrived I mean, I think the only thing I remember of him is when uh, Roma lost seven to one to Bayern uh, Mon- or Munich at home, and he was he was absolutely torched. I didn't really expect much from him, and he played just as I expected. Hey, real quick, one of the things that I tweeted out when I was asking people to send us their lists, I tweeted out the picture of the hashtag Save It, Was that one of the most embarrassing moments uh, for Roma supporters within the last (laughs) handful of years? Because for me, it's right up there.
0: Yes, and uh, to me, I'm sorry to steal that, but that is going to be my number one. Juan Iturbe is going to be my number one, as well as the Save Iturbe movement, which uh, <laughs> unified the whole Roma fan base. I think it was one of the few moments where Roma fans of all creeds and all colors uh, came together to for a, a, a common cause of saving the career of Juan Manuel Iturbe. Uh, and man, like, it's... You know, and the worst thing is that I actually like the guy and I actually feel terribly so- sorry for him, especially after that recent uh, interview um, given by, by, by Sabatini, where he basically said that uh, something was broken. Something got fractured in, in, uh, in um, Iturbe's leg. I think it was something with the knee. Uh, and they did not operate. They chose not to operate. And, you know, we all know that the player was still as brainless uh, uh, as they come. But it's... And and, and the way he came on, and uh, I mean, for Christ's sake, we, we talked about it on the last podcast. Antonio Conte was furious about not getting Iturbe. Iturbe was the thing on the market. Iturbe was... The, the big big name. I mean, the, everybody uh, got their photos with Iturbe and Messi. Uh, the comparisons were already there. He was Roma's uh, most expensive signing until Schick. Uh it, it it was just it was just a, a, and 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 what followed was nothing. And
1: Roma supporters more or less bullied Sabatini into keeping him.
0: Yes, and <laughs> I mean, they bullied into keeping a guy that then went on to play or not play for burnsmouth uh, and then for 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 torino and it seemed like he was just levitating uh, around the world of football never really having uh, just some continuity some after that episode at hellas verona where where you know he would go on these runs and and everybody hailed him as the new messi after that it was over for him and it's still over for him and it, it, to me it's really it's sad because I remember uh, how hard he tried because I you cannot say about him that he did not try that that was a player who worked his ass off every time he was on the field you could see his intentions you could see he was trying his best but but the the the, the result was always the same he would always misfire I remember um Probably the the most recent memory of him in a Roma shirt was in his last season uh, under Spalletti against, I think, Astra Giorgio. Um, in the Europa League, it was a game that had no meaning whatsoever. Our starting uh, attack was Totti and Iturbe. Totti at 41, uh, Iturbe after a, a spell of sitting on the bench constantly. And I remember Totti just... Giving him this perfect, absolutely perfect assist, he was one on one with the goalkeeper, and he just got—he got, just mistimed his steps and and got absolutely lost. He didn't even get manage to get a shot off on target, and it, it that was that's the summary of Juan Manueli Turbe at Roma, just a big big misfire.
1: My next pick. Now this one that is one that I, I won't say it's a hipster pick but I will say it's a hipster pick just because nobody else put them in their list. And I think people forget how awful he was like genuinely awful. Now the cost of him wasn't terrible. Roma, uh, they brought him on loan with option to buy and they never activated that option. But Ivan Pires. Wow. Can anybody travel back with me to that season, 2012, 2013? Like I said before, there was nothing good about that season. And Ivan Pieris was one of the reasons why there was nothing good. He was dreadful. I mean, he I don't know if this is an insult to uh, Florenzi or not, but he is a poor man's Alessandro Florenzi right back. Pieris was awful, garbage, terrible. He couldn't do anything. There was a moment when uh, Andrea Zoli came in and he put him as a central defender at three at the back because Roma had nobody else he was awful i don't even know where he plays now probably with those finnish uh
0: those finnish firemen that firemen okay yeah
1: yeah i I mean he's probably playing in some random league i i couldn't tell you what happened to him maybe we'll stumble
0: upon him in the europa league who knows yeah hey
1: maybe um i just remember after roma he played at utenese didn't do anything there um Holy shit. He was so bad. 32 appearances, five assists, and not score goal. But defensively, I think people forget just how bad he was. In his place, I was close to putting uh, Mario Rui. I was surprised at the number of people who had him. Obviously, Roma p- paid a pretty hefty fee for him that was 9 million euros plus 1.5 million in bonus. Uh, for me though i mean can you really blame him because he was injured i I don't know if i would necessarily
0: i I mean you know i i I was actually thinking about that name and i'm thinking of putting it on uh, on my list but as you said he was injured but at the same time whenever he was then played uh he, he he showed no interest in being there showed poor attitude and then God almighty yeah. I absolutely hated how his agent handled uh his exit from Roma. It was constant whining. Um I understand that's what that's what you do uh, in calcio mercato uh, but man it, 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 you know it seemed like we were dealing with uh, Roberto Carlos and this was just a guy who I think played for like what 12 games with us uh nine
1: appearances nine
0: appearances, nine appearances. <laughs> then you there you go there you go. I remember his... Uh, listen, remember that final game, Totti, Totti's farewell, Emerson goes down. Now that is, to me, one of the worst moments as a Roma fan because I adored Emerson and that was the end of his Roma career, really. Um, and Mario Rui comes on. What does Mario Rui do? He does everything that you don't do as a fullback in a crucial game. Uh Poor attitude, uh just terrible, a terrible game, and it was one of the most probably the most important game of the season. Um so that left a bitter taste in my in my mouth, and I would like to call him my my other pick uh uh as one of the biggest flubs. Because let's remember Mario Rui was every, again one of those weird signings that was labeled as a very skilled fullback uh, at Empoli and you know who who was good defensively reasonably good offensively and then he showed up at Roma got injured and after that never showed any sort of uh, instinct or, or will to redeem himself in the eyes of the fans. To me, that counts as a flop.
1: Okay, that's fair. So since we know your first is Itorbe, you just took Mario Rui. I'm going to throw... So I have two left. My first one, I am actually surprised more people didn't have him in their list because... While his goal return may not have been that bad for the expectations that he was brought in for, for me, uh when you factor in price as well, huge flop. Boyan, Mister wow. Boyan, the new yes. Lionel Messi, another wonder kid. Dead. Yes, a little mess. He arrived at Roma along, he, you know, the protege of Luis Enrique. He's going to be the. The new face of Roma. Uh these two, the these two Spaniards from Barcelona, they're going to put their stamp on City A and, and remake Roma. No. No.
0: Nope. Did not happen. Nope.
1: Did not nope. happen. No. Nope. Nope. Did not happen. For Mr. Boyan. 37 appearances, seven goals, one assist, and Roma paid 12 million euros for him. And we can't forget that I know this seems like it wasn't so long ago but 2012 I mean 12 million euros for Roma a club like Roma that's a lot of money that's absolutely a lot of money yeah Boyan for me absolutely has to be in there I thought he would be sensational under Luis Enrique I mean you could even say Luis Enrique was a flop at Roma now he didn't really get the chance to implement his ideas probably should have been given more time but I I I don't know if people remember how much abuse he was taken. I remember specifically there was one banner that said, if you're a true man, you'll, you'll resign. I mean, he, he had a very difficult time, but, I mean, people. I mean, there's another
0: guy, and he's still of... very fond of Roma. That's that's the weird thing is that he's very, very fond of Roma. He loves loves the city, loves the
1: supporters. Um, I mean, I'm going through another person's list. They put Tony Sanabria in there. They put Yuchan, Michelle Bastos. I'm going to go to the guy who uh, was the first exclusive interview I ever did, Mr. Cedu Dumbia bumbia, bumbia <laughs> as he was uh, so really. thoughtfully nicknamed upon his arrival um anybody who played the video game fifa knew this guy because his speed was like 95 and his finishing was sensational as well and then when roma got ibarrabo as well it was like you were playing with um and gervinho and right, gervinho. Right? It, uh, It was like Roma were playing with this uh, just unfair team and and attack. All these guys were so quick. My good friend Bumbia, in his defense, he did not want to move to Roma in January. And I only know this because I said he was the first exclusive interview I did. He and his agent sat down. Well, I say sat down. He and his agent had a call with me for like 10 to 15 minutes. Um, Bumbia did not want to come to Roma in January. He specifically requested to allow him to stay at seska moscow until june and then at that point he would move sabatini said that's not okay not acceptable i want you to come in january uh, otherwise we will not bring you in the summer so begrudgingly he arrived uh roma for a four and a half million or i'm sorry for a four and a half year contract that they gave to him they paid 14.4 million euros uh plus one i feel and a half, sick i yeah, feel sick plus one and a half in bonuses Awful from the start. There's no hiding it. He was he was just terrible. Absolutely terrible. He couldn't find the back of the net. He was not fluid in attack like he was uh, when we saw in the Champions League. I mean, I remember watching his goal against Manchester City in the Champions League, and I thought, holy shit, this is the guy Roma got? Finally, uh, Roma paying a huge fee, sort of like how they did for the goalkeeper, paying an important fee for a proper number nine. Uh, This is going to be great. He's got speed. He's going to unlock defenses in the Serie A. Nobody's going to be able to sit back because of how quick he is. He's going to break the line. This is going to be great. I specifically remember his headed goal against Sassuolo, and everybody was cheering him. I believe he scored it away. The away section started clapping for him, but he held his hands up almost in anger because of how much stick he was getting since he arrived. He was just terrible. He was so bad. And other than a lone spell at the Swiss side Basel, where he scored 20 goals in a season, I mean, he has done nothing really other than the one season uh, in Switzerland. He's done nothing, nothing since leaving. Yeah, I, I nothing. mean,
0: it, it was—I uh, remember distinctly that that trio, uh, but especially Ibarbo and Dumbia—and it was just like a, a nightmare. Uh, and and then add to that Iturbe, uh, it, it was just like a footballing nightmare. Um, I still and again, that, I think that's that is a guy uh, who despised and hated this experience at Roma. This is a guy, Dumbia, he wants nothing to do with Roma. Uh, I remember distinctly uh, when we sent him uh, to sporting, he was, he never intended to come back to the city, even to uh, just, just for a few days to see if he can work with the team. Uh, did not want to have anything to do with this team, so you know it's uh, it's funny because the the experience, the negative experience, will work works both ways. Um, Dumbia is undoubtedly one of the flops, and and then you know this whole thing with Schick. Uh, again, I don't want to label him a, a, a flop yet because his time isn't over, and I still don't know if it is over this this off season or will it be over after that? I don't know. Uh, but an or an honorable mention needs to be made. Unfortunately to my guy, uh, Javier Pastore, who I'm, whom I, I, I love and uh, I adore him. I adore mm. his technical skill, his, just his charisma on the field. That's something that we haven't seen since Pjanic really that, that, that movement, the way he sees the ball. Um, and, you know, it's not fair to him because, again, injuries, but the expectations and then especially if you think that he was sort of picked over Ziyech, uh Wow. It, that is flop material, unfortunately.
1: Flop material, unfortunately. A couple of other honorable honorable mentions uh, that I had. Defra, between fee, goal output, unquestionably has to be on there. He, listen, for him, he was played out of position. We all know that. Uh, Di Francesco put him on the right wing. Never really happened for him. He got injured. He came back. He scored the one penalty goal. But he did well at Sampdoria this past season. Uh, I do think he'll join Cagliari. There are some teams uh, following him. And believe it or not, I mean, Roma, uh, because he's amortized for two seasons now, uh, Roma might actually make a small plus Valenza on him, which is astonishing because you would not have thought that previous summer. By how poorly he performed at Roma. Listen, I, I, again, I think it was a bit unfair the way things happened for him. But he'll be one of those guys who I think does better away from Roma. Some other names that people are putting out there, Andy Karsdorp. Are you labeling him a flop yet?
0: I, I'm, I, yes, I'm pretty close to him because, uh, again, expectations. Um, he was close. He, he's an honorable mention because uh, expectations. He was brought in hyped up I, I I followed him in the Netherlands I liked what I saw from him he was really he dominated that that right flank uh, was one of the better looking prospects at the fullback position in the Dutch national team but it, again it's unfair because then he was brought in with with an injury he was already injured they knew about it we did not know about it then another injury took place the first game back. And it all started again. And then he just couldn't get into rhythm. So obviously, the fee that we pay for him, which I think is around what, 18 million or 19 million? uh, You know, that's it was significant. But at the time, I thought it was a bargain for the player we were getting. And the idea that, thank God, we are finally getting a proper right back. Uh, And it did not happen. And then last season, um, whenever he had the chance, I thought that was the definition of a flop. That that he had showed no attitude, made the same mistakes over and over again, uh, and and cost us in some game. I mean, I remember that game against Kievo Verona where we drew two two. Uh, he was one of the main culprits of that second half comeback from Kievo Verona.
1: You're absolutely right. Um, a couple of other honorable mentions I had here: uh, Jose Engel. Uh, now, Roma didn't pay a big fee for him, but he was dreadful. And I think that would be putting it lightly. When Luis Enrique first arrived, it, it was, okay, he's going to bring in this uh, the
0: Spanish contingent of young talent and also and also remember remember everything that was spanish was associated with pep guardiola and his tiki taka and every uh, italian journalist loved to label spanish players spanish coaches with the tiki taka thing
1: kier was another one he was a flop in my opinion now granted roma did not pay a lot for him but he was pretty poor uh, remember the pairing he and uh, Heinze
0: Heinze 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 yes legendary legendary I mean that look that that makes uh, look good the pairing of Marcano and Juan <laughs> Jesus
1: <laughs> all right so let's um let's get to your number one then one Manuel Iturbe e. you already touched upon him briefly but is there anything more you'd like to add I mean, I feel like this guy gets beaten up a lot and I think some of it is unfair because again you you mentioned the injury history but as you said, Antonio Conte quit Juve when they didn't clinch his signature. He comes to Roma. We have to add though. Now he only managed five goals and five assists. I can I, I I feel like the pathetic part is I can name at least three or four of those goals because he had the important one at Juve. We remember how that match went. It was fixed. We'll say he had the Champions League goal against Cesca, and then Andy uh, from our man Victor Ibarbo, yep. he had the goal against yes. Lazio in the derby. Yes. So while he is without question one of the biggest flops in Roma's history, the few goals he did provide were all pretty important. He he
0: you know, and and again, it's I get attached to players, but that kid was so bad. Uh he was so terrible and despite that I still felt for him. And that's to me that's really hard because when I'm a fan, when I just don't see uh, results when I don't see the hard work paying off, uh, I get upset. But with Iturbe, I, at the same time, I wanted to strangle him. But at the same time, I wanted to, you know, just put an arm around him and say, you know, it's gonna be all right. But because it's it's terrible what happened to that kid because he went from being named one of the biggest talents in the world uh, to to basically just. Bouncing around leagues, bouncing around teams. He went to Torino, made no difference. Uh, Went to the Premier League, made no difference. Uh, Was close to Lyon, they didn't want him. Um, At the end of the day, this was a kid that went through a lot and uh, just left a terrible legacy, unfortunately. But he never said anything, never. He was bad. brought in as this big, big talent, and then was benched constantly. And he never said anything. Now, obviously, makes money. You can all say that stuff, millionaire, blah, blah, blah. But you cannot tell me that someone who gets so hyped up, gets contacted by all the best teams in circulation, gets signed for a massive fee, is the big name of the summer, and then nothing. And then now he's in Mexico. And I think he he just sustained another injury. And so it it gets worse and worse. And so I feel for him. That's my number one. And I think in the eyes of most Roma fans or most sane Roma fans by now, that is the number one flop of uh, Jim Palotta's roma presidency currently uh,
1: yeah undoubtedly i think every single list that people sent us uh itorbe was in that list depending one five it didn't really matter but he would he uh he he is undoubtedly unequivocally without question one of the biggest flops again i i feel like some of it is a bit unfair as you said i i couldn't have described it better myself he is Man, you just want to put your arm around the guy and say, man, I feel for you. Don't worry. It'll be okay. Wherever he goes now, he just seems cursed. He's got injury problems. He can't score. It's just a nightmare. And the the funny thing is, do you remember how he was at Verona that one
0: season? Uh, him and Luca With Tony With Luca Toni. Wow. They were wow. magic, wow. absolutely magic. This this young wonder kid with this extremely talented veteran, that was a side for sore eyes.
1: Yeah, it really was. So there you have it, everybody, our our, our five flops.
0: So that was fun. Yeah, and, and it was pretty hilarious. It, it's It's pretty hilarious.
1: Well, you know what? It puts things into perspective a bit for me because when I was researching appearances, goals, and all this, I'm going through all of the seasons, and when I see 2011, 2012, 2012, 2013, it, it really does reassure you a bit that, okay, you know what? It could be worse. We could have Mauro, Goykoche in the goal. If there's any, uh, If there's anything you want to reassure you, It's that uh, the current Roma is nowhere nearly as bad as the one from 2011, 2012, and then 2012, 2013. I I think that's the only thing we have right now. So real quick, moving into modern day Roma, they bring in Jordan Veritu. He has his first press conference. He says uh, Fonseca had a huge impact on him arriving is there anything going on? Uh, obviously, we have the Iguain stuff that's just continuing. I don't know if it's really worth even talking about. But anything going on right now that's worrying you? Someone you'd wish Roma would bring in or target? I mean, where are you at right now with Roma? They've looked decent in the friendlies. I don't know how much you can actually take away from that.
0: But My quick thought is, first of all, again, this was a dreadful press conference. The the, the, the questions, the questions why? Why do you ask these questions? <laughs> Why do you go after yeah. a player for not for not organizing the, the press conferences in, is in Italian? Why? And and the b- great thing Vertu did—he responded to the journalist I shall not name uh, 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 in Italian and said that is because I don't want to be miss. uh uh, misinterpreted misread um that was that was great but again do better guys it's you it it seems like every press conference it's just the chance not to get to know the player the tactics the the way the player feels about the the way of playing football of the coach or what it's not about that it seems like it's always about stirring something stirring something in the pot and that's it, it that has to change uh Second, you know, I, I said it, I, I told you last time around that I expected uh, some sort of silence around the the Roma market. It seems like after we signed Mancini and Vertu, it, it, it sort of quieted down the Higuain stuff. It's its not going forward. Alderweireld, they may raise the, 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 the price tag. Um, so that's not looking good. I think w- what's interesting to me right now is... Um, I think our man Filippo Biafora put it out there or or maybe I don't want to I'm not sure I've just read so many things but it seems like Florenzi um was 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 uh is part of Fonseca's plans it seems like Florenzi is at, at request of the coach will not leave um obviously everything can happen but one thing I can I, I drew from uh, from those friendlies we saw uh, recently is that Fonseca does not see uh, Florenzi as a right back. Um, at least, at least, at least, right now. At least, right now.
1: I've been surprised he's been putting him on the left. Uh, I mean, he doesn't at all have the qualities of an inverted winger
0: at all. Yes, but but to me, probably one of the few qualities that I can truly see in Florenzi is um his off the ball movement going forward and that is something that made him the special uh in the years that he was truly special um i don't think people realize maybe you can go back and watch some clips just how good he was off the ball uh he would get behind the defense he was really fast um he had a great shot that maybe now not not anymore but he still can give problems if utilized correctly uh, if that aspect of his game is utilized correctly that is what i saw in those friendlies obviously those friendlies don't mean much but we didn't see him play consistently on uh, uh, as a right back so you know that gives me hope uh, of not having to to you know just not dealing with the likes of Florenzi or Karsdorp on the on that right back position, it it, it makes me question whether Petraki maybe wants to bring in somebody new on on that position. Um, I, I think that is the biggest takeaway uh, in the in these recent days.
1: Listen, I I've said and you and I have discussed them quite a bit on here. Uh, Florenzi is going to stay. He cannot stay as a right back. Uh, We're wasting our time if that's the case. So I have no issue with him staying. As long as it is not at a right back position, I am absolutely fine with him remaining. On the right wing, left wing, I I think he can actually add something. And should Fonseca at some point decide to alter formation a bit, go to a 4-3-3,
0: I think he can add something there as well. Can I can I tell you what troubles me right now? Can I tell you something it, the it, the idea the the rumors around Edin Dzeko, the fact that he was captain uh, uh yesterday uh in that friendly um the fact that there are talks of 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 this whole deal with Inter uh getting stalled and maybe not reaching a positive end. I don't know how trustworthy it is. Obviously these things change all the time, but the idea of renewing Jeko's contract, um, I can understand. It's 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 scary to me, but I can understand. I mean, I'm you know, I'm certain it it makes more sense to keep a, a talented guy like Jako than bringing in somebody unproven. Um, I can understand some people even wanting him over bringing in a, a guy like Higuain because obviously you're not sure if he's going to be motivated. But after a year of 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 Jekyll, doing all the wrong things, displaying terrible uh, professional attitude, displaying no will whatsoever to change, to help the team, getting into locker room fights, um, getting into it with uh, with El Sharawi, Cristante, uh, embarrassing himself on the biggest stages. I don't know if people remember that game against Porto, at Porto, where he was just obscene. uh, And, you know... To me, giving a second chance to a guy that had already agreed with Inter by March was already in in cahoots. Correct me if I'm wrong, if that is the wrong use of the term, but I think that is uh, what he was uh, in cahoots with Inter, uh, had a deal already. Uh, To me, giving a second chance to that guy and sort of, telling him, you are important, you matter to this team, here you go, get yourself the captain's armband. That's a big no-no. And I'm conflicted because I recognize the talent, but at the same time, I recognize what took place this year.
1: Completely agree. I would not hand him a, a renewal at all. The attitude he displayed, listen, it's scary that Roma would even consider handing him a renewal, as you just said, the way he acted this past season. I don't think that, again, sets a good example at all. I don't think it shows respect to the players that have been in that dressing room. So I hope that's not true. I do think he's going to leave. I I don't think he's going to remain. I'm just curious to see if they're ultimately able to sway Iguain to accept Roma. But we'll have to wait and see. And lastly, I want to touch on, uh, you brought it up, the questions in the press conferences. Can we... Na- this time, you know, usually I don't like the name. Okay, names, bring but it up. This on. time I bring will. It the guy who asked Veritu the he asked, Why aren't you speaking Italian? You've you've been here a few years. It was Sky Sports Mangiante who how do you describe this guy? While trying to be as respectful as possible. A walking um, meme. Yeah. Uh we'll we'll go with that. We'll go with walking meme. Listen, this guy asks some of the stupidest questions, press conference after press conference after press conference. There's another guy who has me blocked on Twitter, so I don't want to mention his name, but he writes for uh, Cody <laughs> A. Oh, really, everybody, oh, really, I, I'm that ass- guy, yeah, I'm assuming everybody can guess who it is. Please just be better, everybody. Why these stupid questions?
0: and and then the same and then the same one it's not even it's it's like the, it seems like they want the same response they're not interesting in, interested in interest in variety and and difference of opinion and uh, you know what this player uh, thinks of something that has to do with the actual game of football. They want to see, well, how do, how are you going to fill in the shoes of De Rossi? What is your opinion on how Roma handled the De Rossi situation? Or uh, you say you admire Totti? Then what is your opinion? You know, this is if if these are the journalists that are supposed to be on the side of the club. Man, uh, we are in bad hands.
1: Listen, Mangiante in the press conference of Mancini asked him about Terossi. And then he asked him, you, you, you choose the same number as uh, Marco Marazzi. I, I mean, what effect does he have on you? I'm like, <laughs> what? What are you asking him this for? This is stupid. And the one question, listen, I tweeted this out. The one question that I will forever disdain and people ask it again and again. And again and again in every single press conference, I want to smack whoever asks this. Listen, I go to these things, I, I go to maybe five press conferences per season, if that. But anytime it's for a player, everybody asks, do you consider Roma a oh, point of arrival season. or do you consider it more of a stepping that stone? Is. I mean, come on. If you want to talk, first off, this question is asked because there is no right answer. It's done so uh, certain journalists can get a headline for the newspaper. Okay. Uh, If somebody says, Oh, I want to stay, it's a trick question because you know what? If you say, Is Roma a point of arrival? Yes. Okay. Well, looks like he's staying here forever. And then if he leaves, he's absolutely villainized. Yep. Is Roma a point of arrival? No. Oh, okay. So he's just using Roma as a building block to go to his next move. And,
0: and, and this, and this, and this question has inflicted so much negativity, negativity on so many players that had arrived here. I mean, I remember uh, they asked this question to Schick, and and Schick was honest about it and said, "Yes, it's an honor to to play for Roma, but at the end of the day, my ultimate dream is to play for the likes of Barcelona." And Manchester United. And I remember the we next day the, there was a whole yeah. headline in Corriere de los Guard just condemning this poor kid for having said those words. I want, I my dream is to play for clubs that, b- big secret, are bigger yeah. than Roma.
1: It's a trick question with no right answer. So that's our rant. Questions have got to improve in these press conferences. They're abhorrent, they're stupid, and they do a disservice to everybody, readers included. So hopefully that improves. So we're going to end it here. I hope you enjoyed this episode. We enjoyed it. We we'll have to do these flop uh,
0: ratings again. Sure, it's uh, it's fun and depressing at the same time. Fun
1: and depressing at the same time, and it adds a little bit of perspective. So. We will leave it there, everybody. Uh, As always, thank you so, so much for listening. And until next time, ciao.